Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We're coming to age time. Let's get to work in, man. Let's go. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday to all of you. Nice to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. We're with you till 10 a.m. this morning. I'm Sean Pendergast. He is Seth Payne. Seth, the countdown is on. We Which are, one? Which one? The countdown, there's several. You're right. There's a countdown to the draft. There's a countdown to free agency. Um, there's a doomsday countdown. That's not as much fun. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but it's there. You're right. We must acknowledge all of the countdowns. Yes. Uh, no, it's a much shorter term countdown uh, to uh, Astros spring training and you and I going there with Adam Spillane and our boss Parker this Sunday. I think, uh, you know, I for a while I was I always wondered, okay, why haven't they called me in to fix baseball? And, uh, you know, I, I figured well, when they do call me in, I'm just going to refuse the invitation. But now now I've decided that I will go and I will I will fix baseball. Yes. And a lot of people might say, Seth, uh, it doesn't need to be fixed. And I say, loser mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So I'm going to go. I've got ideas about <laughs> enlarging the bases. I've got ideas about a pitch clock. Huh. Um, I've got ideas about... Making the Bach rule even more confusing, even balkier. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to take the. I, you know what? Honestly, with a lot of the, a lot of the rule changes, I think I, I, I think people are afraid to say that they're in favor of the rules changes. I like most of these, and um, but I will say that taking the Bach rules and tweaking them to be even more confusing makes it. Um, I, I don't think that's a. I don't think that was a wise decision. I think they just need to. They need to figure out. It, once and for all, how to get it out to the masses? Yeah, exactly. I just need what to see the, the Bach is so confusing. I just need to see how that plays out. But the other ones, I'm in, like I the pitch clock, good. Like the games yeah. are a half hour shorter in the minor leagues. Like okay, I like the pitch clock. Uh, the bigger bases, okay, I'll wait and see how that plays out. I've never sat yeah. at a game and thought, you know what, we need bigger bases. But I'm but I'm not anti bigger bases, you know? know. So so there's you, there, you know what you've thought you know what you've said though you've like you've wished there's more action. Uh yeah, so, probably because yeah. it, it's not even the time of the game necessarily. It's how much action is there right. per minute of game time. Yeah, and so obviously shortening game time would increase that, but also increasing the likelihood of a steal, you know, getting rid of the shift, so increasing the likelihood of ground balls that aren't immediate outs, all yeah. that stuff. It, it should make for a more entertaining Shift game. is the one that I'm most uh, emotionally invested in. I hate the shift. I've hated it forever, and yeah. um, and especially with two of our best hitters for the Astros being left-handed hitters. I want to watch Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker rake, so the shift is one I'm passionate about. The games being shortened is one that I'm passionate about because I get up at four in the morning to go to work the next day. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. a selfish one where it's yeah. not, not as much about the action or the game moving faster. It's I get to go to bed and still yeah. see the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the games, depending on how the shift works out, too, if people theoretically are going to stop trying to swing for the fences all the time because yeah. you know it, it, it kind of changes the way the analytics work it changes the way you judge players a guy like Ichiro who was a dinosaur for a little while would come back into vogue in a in a in a shiftless world well Ichiro actually I mean he was kind of shift proof because he could hit it wherever he pleased yeah but um yeah I, I, I feel generally like it's okay the weird thing about the weird thing about the shift is it's presented this situation where it's like baseball purists are against changing something 
that's only actually been around for about a decade in earnest, yeah. which is the, the infield shift. And yet a purist would say, yeah, but I don't want any regulation at all. And yet it, but, it, but it restores it back to what it was like before. It feels like politics where sometimes there will be, be things where all of a sudden like a lot of Democrats are actually in favor of more um, uh, like more – uh, uh, what's like law enforcement or what yeah. have you? Um, and then there's times where Republicans will actually be in favor of bigger government, yes. which is seemingly at odds. That's what I feel like baseball purists at right now. We're at a crossroads. I don't know whether that makes them Republicans or Democrats. <laughs> we are at an important crossroads yes. in the game of baseball. Yeah, yes. you got to figure it out, purists. What do you want? You want baseball to be more <laughs> right. like it was right. back in the day, or do you want it to be like it was three years ago? And somehow that makes you a purist. Hey, I don't, I don't know. Hey, um, how worried are you about this Jordan Alvarez hand thing that's going on where he's his hand is sore again right now the hand jive what's he doing no no is his hand the... his hand god i thought you're gonna say something else uh <laughs> 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 like oh boy <laughs> jive hand, gotcha what was what was hand jive was that like dancing with like doing stuff with your hands it was, it was a, a it was a song in the 50s and they yeah they did like a they did like a hand you know the hand dance thing. oh they did it on greece yeah right? they did they did it on greece yeah yeah okay. shot on us sang it on greece yeah. I'm, boy let's talk more I'm, about hey, joan listen, baez listen, shall listen, we everybody i understand that the producers of greece did not invent hand jive i'm uh i'm 100 positive <laughs> there's something that we yet another thing we took from black culture and turned into like right. hollywood success somehow so yes i get it i get it i get it okay. um are you concerned about Jordan's hand? Uh, it's no, sore no. again, and it's uh, no. he missed like a month last year with the sore hand. He's um, look. The Astros have a long and illustrious history with hand surgeons. I think we'll be fine. Um, I think they'll figure out exactly uh, it, uh, how to how to handle it, so to speak. Right. And right. Uh, it will, no, I think Jordan Jordan is a big man who uh, his body is going to have aches and in pains along the way. Yeah. And uh, just as he worked through it last year, I think they'll, if anything, maybe they figured out a better way to jump on it earlier instead of, uh, you know, letting it linger. He, this is what happens with younger players. I know he's not young chronologically, but in terms of him, uh, you know, being a, a veteran player, guys get smarter and better about addressing things very early. Mm. They know that like, all right, if I let this thing go and I don't tell anybody about it by the time, uh, by the time I say something, it's going to be too late. So I, I hope it's just that. Yeah, here's Dusty on his thoughts on Jordan's hand. Well, from my point of view, you you know, it's up to him, kind of. You know, when it, hopefully his hand feels better. And, um, you know, he don't really know how he hurt it. But, I mean, sometimes sometimes you wake up, if you're a ball player, sometimes you wake up sore, hurting. So we just have to, uh, you know, see how you know see how it comes out. Dusty gave that quote while rolling around on the ground, apparently. Um, so uh, uh, when we get there on Sunday, we won't be there in time for workouts, but on Monday we are, we're going to be there. There's going to there's be a game on Monday. I, I don't recall yeah. who they play. At some point, I will walk over to Jordan Alvarez, and I will introduce myself, and I'll shake his hand, and I'll hold his hand for much, much longer. That as I shake it, I'll hold it for much, much longer than he would like, so I can just kind of feel it and see if there's anything wrong with it. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah, I, I that'll, need, that'll, I need firsthand yeah. knowledge of whether or not this hand is working. That won't be creepy at all. At all, it'll no. be very, very normal. Don't yeah. let him. You know what? Don't let him anywhere near Adrian Peterson because Adrian no! Peterson's got this thing where yeah. he wants to squeeze the life out of your hand to pulverize your hand. His dominance i told you the time the first time i ever shook his hand i feel like he did me dirty a little bit he did the short handshake 
where he grabbed my, my grabbed like the four fingers. Oh, really? And squeezed, and I'm like, well, yeah, I've got no leverage there. Okay, that's uh, that, that's not a sanctioned handshake. Bless what are we weird. doing here? What are, what's even going on here? Yeah. Did it hurt? No. Okay. No, I look. I grew up. No, look, honestly, I'd like. I grew up with uh, men who like worked on farms twenty seven hours a day and would squeeze the life out of your hand like without even thinking about it, just because that's how they were accustomed to holding tools and cow teats. So um, no, I couldn't. I could, my my great uncles and my grandpa used to do all these different grip strength competitions. Okay, and I couldn't be when I was at my peak of physical strength in the NFL. I couldn't beat my seventy five year old. At the time, you would have been 75-year-old grandfather and uh, stuff like that. So if anybody so. was equipped to deal with Adrian Peterson and his handshake, it's Seth C. Payne. I gotcha. And I'll tell you another thing about Wesley Payne and Adrian Peterson. Fans of very much the same type of child discipline. Really? Yes. So, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. afraid to use a Is switch, it? eh? Oh, my old, yeah, my grandma, grandma would tell you to go out and grab, pick out a stick. One time my dad, one time she asked my dad to go pick out a stick because he and my uncle came home with muddy boots. And, and so they ran away because they thought that they were about to get a whooping. But, in fact, she just wanted a stick to scrape them. The oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> what are you drinking today? You have a big uh, mug of something like a, right there. It's com- my kombucha. Okay, that's what I thought. I was just Randy curious. got me a big old, like, a 48-ounce jug of it because it's yeah. a lot cheaper that way. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I drink so much kombucha. Yeah. I thought about brewing my own, but it's a complex process. You're drinking out of a beer mug. You look very festive today. I, just I know. It say. looks like an IPA. Yeah, it does. It does. No, I just <laughs> want to – we got a whole case of yingling in the fridge up here at the studio. I just need to know if I, get, if I need to get on your level at some point during the show today. Let's see. Didn't expect new age baseball guy to be a handshake Republican. <laughs> I don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I know that I did it yet again, though, where I tried to present something as bipartisan as possible, yeah. and it led to somebody assuming they know my political. Of course, it did. So uh, good for you. Good for you. You are the worst of America right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're we're off and running on a Wednesday. John McClain joins us. He's live at spring training. John is in West Palm Beach. He'll join us at eight o'clock today on the show. Um, I took a question that we just brought up off the cuff yesterday on the show, and I turned it into a. Twitter poll, and um, the interesting results and an interesting trend and a ton of votes on this topic. Who would you rather have? You can only have one. You can only have one, Houstonians. Bryce Young or Victor Wembanyama. The results are next. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and, Pen- Payne and Pendergast with you. Yep. As we get to this poll that you did, yeah. Um, as we get to this poll that you did, uh, first I need to commend you for something you said during the break. When we're going to West Palm Beach for spring training on Sunday, I'm arriving last. My flights are a little bit different. So I said, ah, great, I'm going to get the bad bedroom. And you said, no, we'll draw for that. Yes, yes. And uh, that's cool because, you know, when we, had the, we needed you on staff back at the New Orleans Super Bowl, the Ravens one that was in New Orleans yep. uh, not too long ago because then it was first come, first serve. And I got the shaft in that one. Yeah. I was an air mattress, and I was the last guy to arrive, and I ended up on an air mattress. Yeah, that's bogus. That, that's bogus. Yeah. Just because you're because you get there first, it's not. This isn't a land rush in Oklahoma. This is it's a it's a house that we all are spending a week in together, and I think it needs to be done fairly. But if I get there last, and when you guys draw, and I trust that you draw fairly, yeah. What? Uh, I, I don't know. Like, how do you? Are you guys just going to decide what the best bedroom is? 
before you in, in a I'll scope it, so. it out when we get there. Um, maybe we need to if have I'm, a Zoom yeah. call or a conference yeah. call where we go through the Airbnb um, pictures of all the different bedrooms. I think you, that's fair. You know yeah. what I mean? This, yeah. We need to turn it into a big deal. You know, um, this. <laughs> <laughs> we need to draw. If we're going to make this, if we're going to become reality TV stars, we need to script out some controversy. <laughs> totally. And, yes. Yeah. We need to make the inorganic sound organic. Now, you know, I, it, just, it just reminds me of when I was a kid. It just takes me right back to that right. place when I just, it was rough for me growing up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, we say all this with the. F- knowing the fact that one of the people going on this trip is our boss, and he may step in and go, no, 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 we're not drawing for anything. I get this really of. good. He's not. I would be very He's surprised. He's a servant leader. He, yeah. is a, he is. He is a servant leader, no doubt. I'll be surprised if he doesn't sleep out in the backyard. Um, just so nice. ex- Sean, Seth, you guys need an exercise room. Uh, let me sleep out. The, let me go sleep literally with the trash. Have you looked yeah. at the we- – well, I don't know if he'd sleep next to the trash cans, but have you looked at the weather at night? It's really nice there. If there's a hammock yeah. in the back. I could see myself sleeping on a hammock in the back for a little Yeah, while. hammock in Florida. Nothing can go wrong there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Enjoy your – Enjoy, enjoy your invasive. I know, species. I know, yeah. I know. So yeah, so let's take a poll. Let, let's 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 do a poll. Which morning will Sean turn up missing? Yeah. Sean brought back to Houston a poisonous gecko right. in his jock. <laughs> they didn't even know. Yep, Just crawled up into his colon at night while he was sleeping in a hammock. Okay, now time to move on to this poll. <laughs> Officially, no. my colon has entered the chat. Now time to move on to this poll. So I asked you this question yesterday, Seth. Just. Organically, because we were talking about Tillman Fertitta screaming "Pray for Victor" at the uh, at the Mardi Gras celebration down in Galveston. Victor Wembanyama, the transcendent seven foot four teenage star out of France, who is the undoubted number one pick in the upcoming draft. So all the teams that are in the lottery are praying for Victor right now. I don't think Tillman did anything wrong or said anything wrong. I think he's accurate. It sucks that this is where the Rockets are, but this is where the Rockets are. So just as a hypothetical, because the Texans are about to pick second in their draft, yeah, you can only have one, Bryce Young to the Texans or Victor Wembanyama to the Rockets. You and I both said Victor Wembanyama, and I think for similar reasons, which is this guy is a unicorn, he's transcendent. While we love <laughs> Bryce Young, there will be other opportunities to land a quarterback. There will not be other opportunities to land a Victor Wembanyama. Wembanyama is an outlier in the right direction. Whereas Bryce Young is an outlier in the wrong direction. That's a great way to put it, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. When I have a chance to draft somebody in the first round, and one is an outlier in terms of height and weight, and it's in the, the good direction for the sporty place, better, you know, bigger, more athletic, uh, more freakish than the people who play against, then I say, okay, well, it makes sense that we would take that guy in the first round. If I have to make excuses for the guy, which I am doing with Bryce Young, because I do want the Texans to take Bryce Young, and I'm petrified of his size, and yet um, I'm willing to make those excuses for Bryce Young, but it's not a, it's not a perfect fitter match. No. Um, what do you think the people said? There were almost 3,000 votes on this Twitter poll I put up, which is a, that's a pretty good voter turnout for a Pender poll, I will tell you that. Are people going to try to guess my political persuasion again based Probably. on how I guess Probably. You put it out there, so yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, I would say, well, like, obviously I hate the French because I want to regulate uh, saturated fat. Ah! Ah! <laughs> you thought you knew what I was there, didn't you? Right, right, but no. Right. You zinged. Um, I, think, but I think people took Bryce Young for um, 
I think uh, the French fries having the saturated fat is what I was talking about. But I think people took Bryce Young just because uh, right now everybody's in super feel-good mode about the Texans. It's interesting. No, they took Victor Wembanyama. Oh, good for them. By about okay. a two-to-one margin. 66 oh, good. Per- 66% Wembanyama. I, 30- give the people, I, be, I didn't give the people enough credit, Sean. Okay. 34% Bryce Young. But I will say this. By yeah. about, I put this poll up yesterday at, at lunchtime, 12.53 p.m. I put it up. And midway through the afternoon, it had eight or 900 votes, and it was trending. Wimbanyama was winning, but not by very much. It was like 53% to 47%. It was pretty close. And what I saw was a few NBA slash Rockets people see that and get a hold of it. And they were oh. like, they were like, I cannot believe this is even this close right now. Oh, and my okay, guess yeah. is, my guess is based on the severe uptick in voter yeah. turnout. You know, I went yeah. from like seven or eight hundred votes middle of the afternoon, and I wake up this morning, and it's quadruple that. Mm-hmm. Is it the and and Victor Wembanyama took a big jump up? My guess yeah. is that NBA slash Rockets Twitter got a hold of this poll. Yeah, yeah. And I won't say skewed the results. The results are the results. I mean, that this is what they are. But if I had to guess, yeah. I would say that's what happened. I'm going to tell you. Uh, you made it too easy to vote. Uh, I did. Yeah. I did. And yeah. yet. I need pender uh, and registration. Yet, yes. And yet I don't. And yet I think that your allegations of fraud are overblown. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows where I, I am on why this. you're getting these right? texts. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think that, uh, yeah, that's hard with these Twitter polls sometimes. When you get, all it takes is for you to get picked up by like clutch fans or Battle Red blog or yeah. something. If they post a little, a little blurb to it, then all of a sudden you're going to skew things quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, one person said, uh, <laughs> 4079 says, uh, Webinyama is a supermodel with herpes. The future foot issues that are coming with that body type. Uh, and I think athleticism probably give me nightmares. Yeah. Um, I, you look. He's, I, not, his, he's not Manu Bull, man. Yeah, or, Yao, uh, or Yao Ming, you know? Yeah. I don't think, well, because Yao was just huge, yeah. and Manu was the opposite. Yeah. He was just super skinny. Whereas Webin Yama is, he's not, he's 7'4", right? Yes, yeah, he's 7'4". So it's not, like, Yao was what, 7'6"? Seven, 7'6", six? Seven, six, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't but, have, but, but when I, I have no clue. When I, when I think <laughs> hey, of... two inches, right. it's, it's freakishly big. Well, yeah, right, right. They, yeah, they all look big. Um. But that's who I think of when I see somebody say future foot issue is Yao. Because Yao, that's what ended his career. Was fit. Yeah. He, was, he was way too large a human being to be running up and down on hardwood 100 nights a year. Plus, he had to play for China in the offseason and things like oh, that. You know? Damn China. Yeah, they did. They, uh, they just never let him rest. Yeah, and then they, they got didn't. upset that he was too competitive. Yes. Uh, so uh, somebody else said, okay, and this, you got to factor this in too, Sean. Somebody said that they voted for Webb and Yama because, specifically because they don't want Bryce. Yeah, Young. that's fine. I know there's like, yeah. like 8 million different reasons to vote the way you vote. I'm just, you know, that's uh, for sure. Now, this, the, here's the thing, Seth. Real life doesn't work this way. If the Texans get Bryce Young, the Rockets could still wind up with Victor Wembanyama. Somebody pointed out, man, that two-week period coming up with the NFL draft at the end of April and then the NBA lottery, yeah. May 16th is the date. It's a Tuesday night. That is going to be a very potentially transformative two weeks for the Houston sports scene here. Yeah, yeah. Get a quarterback and a star basketball player within a two-week span. I don't want to – if if that happens, I would prefer that both teams just back off a little bit on the triumphant uh, Webb and Yama and Bryce Young photos together. I I feel like you're you're hexing yourself a little bit with something like Why? that. Why? They would be hilarious. 
<laughs> they would okay. Oh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. they would be hilarious just in the size disparity. Yes, yes. But I don't like it when they're like, "Hey, number number one overall here, number first round draft pick from the Texans, first round draft pick for the Rockets, arm in arm for the future." Yeah. It's a there's a little bit of a Letterman jacket quality there. Okay, where you just you're opening yourself up too much to uh, both of them being busts, and then look at how pathetic that entire yes, year was. That yeah. picture being thrown back in your face four years from now, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Not that I typically want to live my life that way. Uh, you know, letting fear of embarrassment guide me. But there's a there's almost a there's a lack of respect for. The fact that neither of the guys have proved anything yet, too. That I don't like the, I don't like the triumphant draft story. I want these guys to come in and prove themselves. The trailer wheel and frame text page. <laughs> 1130. I love how your faux political views have become a thing. Seth is clearly a wig. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pain pain I did, when I was doing uh, oil and gas in Western PA, trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life, yeah. I, uh, I, used, I was driving out all over the country, you know, and the countryside. Yeah. And one of the ones was like, there was like a wig road. So I had to go to like, I had to investigate that, you know, I go down and find out the story behind it. It was some local, like rich man who owned half the County, you know, lived on that street. Um, there was a Jew Hill road, which was very interesting. Okay. Uh, I had to go investigate that. Of yeah. Did, some of these yeah. Old, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What'd you find out? Anything, uh, it was where the Jews lived. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> how they named roads back right, then. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Open and honest. All right. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you. John McClain joins us. Yeah, in the, the, yeah, the story wasn't as interesting as I thought it was. It was yeah. exactly what you would have suspected. Right, right. No, yeah. I just I needed I just needed closure. That's all. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's go free agent shopping. The top 50 free agents have been listed here on ESPN. They've got the best fits for these top 50 free agents. Three of them going to the Texans, and I think two of them Make great sense. We'll explain why next. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, the uh, the Texans are going to have some money to spend in free agency. Spend it all? I don't know, Seth. I'm looking at our the, the top 50 free agents on ESPN.com. I would love nothing more than for the Texans to make at least one big splash in free agency. Like I look at the number three free agent. Like number one. Lamar Jackson, okay. I mean, that's that. Texans aren't in the Lamar Jackson business, I don't think. Orlando, don't wanna, yeah. Orlando Brown Jr. is number two. They don't need a tackle. Well, like the top tippy top of this thing are all guys who are probably going to get franchise tagged or get a, a huge extension done. Javon Hargrave's number three. That would be awesome. I'm guessing he's going to be super pricey, the defensive tackle for the Eagles, who had double-digit sacks this year. Mm-hmm. But that him, Deron Payne out of Washington, word is they're going to franchise tag him. A big splashy signing on the defensive or offensive line, interior of the offensive line, to me would be, I think, money well spent. This particular this particular list on ESPN.com has best team fit for all 50 of these guys. And you page down, you page down. A lot of the ones that are going to be the higher-priced, higher-ticket free agents, they have staying with their current teams. You know, Saquon Barkley, New York Giants. Daniel Jones, New York Giants. Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. You know, they um, – and then you start to get into the teens, and guys are changing teams in this exercise here. And then you get to 20, and there is Marcus Davenport, defensive. We get to our first player whose best team fit, according to this article – is the Houston Texans, and it's Marcus Davenport, the defensive end 
out of New Orleans, a former first-round pick who has been, I guess, maybe like a a, a, a souped-up rotational player for New Orleans, I guess, is a way, a way we would put he's, that. He's not dominant. Yeah, I, and not by, by necessity because he's been injured a lot. So, like, his best year production-wise was 2019. So I, I feel like we already have one of those guys on the team, and his name's Derek Stingley. I don't feel like we need to bring in Marcus Davenport to, to maybe prove and uh, prove that he can get back to where he was in 2019. They, they project him here as a one-year deal, which would be like a one-year prove-it type of deal. Yeah. I, like, right, like right this moment, I, I, I would be very, very intrigued by him, but I don't think that's where they need to spend their cap dollars right now. Yeah, I mean, the thing about a one-year prove-it deal is there's no cap machinations you can do with that. You know, the, the whole thing counts against this year. You unless, know? Well, unless it's like a three-year deal with they dummy years. They put some dummy years at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then you're just – that's what you do if you're a team that's ready to compete right yeah, now. Yeah, the Texans aren't at that stage. So, yeah. so Marcus Davenport, I, I wouldn't say no, but yes, I need to see what the numbers look like as far – I mean, like he last season he played in 15 games. He had half a sack. So he's yeah. – the one thing I'll say, Seth, because the other defensive player that, that is a fit for the Texans, according to this article, the 47th best free agent, Arden Key, former Raider, more recently a Jacksonville Jaguar. He's had 11 sacks over the last two seasons. So he's been, a again, a rotational guy who's gotten to the quarterback from time to time. Most notably, he twisted Patrick Mahomes' ankle in the, uh, in the yeah. divisional round game. I will say this about defensive linemen and maybe even front seven guys as a whole, but particularly defensive linemen because we've got the proof of it, is that D'Amico Ryans will get the best out of them. Like I think yeah. if you sign Marcus Davenport and you sign Arden Key, you're going to get the best version. Chances are you're going to get the best version of those guys because of D'Amico Ryans being their, their head coach. I, I think a good example of you know getting the most out of a guy where the Texans have a direct – you know, experience with is Charles Amenehu. Absolutely. Charles Amenehu is a very valuable guy for them. Now, sometimes sometimes you're just going to flat out look better when you're playing on a good defense because, you know, either there are – your mistakes get swept up quickly when there are other st- – if you're playing next to Nick Bosa and you make a mistake, there's a good chance that either he or Fred Warner behind him is going to make it nece- not necessarily as bad, and then you're also going to get an opportunity for more. But, um, again – as we'll point out with that defense in San Francisco, they were not as loaded with high draft picks as I think the perception is. Nick Bosa, because Nick Bosa is so uh, imposing in so many ways, people kind of look at that as like, oh, well, well, yeah, they got Nick Bosa and a bunch of high first-round draft picks. Because no. Uh, no, no, they've been good for a while, remember? They haven't had a, they haven't had a plethora of high first-round picks the way they did back when they first made their turnaround a few years back. Yep. Um, so, uh, so two defensive players on this, by the way, Charles Amenehu is a free agent. Yes, he is. He is. I don't know if he's, I don't know what his legal status (laughs) is right now. On the one hand, he's got a history with D'Amico Ryans. On the other hand, he's got, yeah, one, he's got legal issues too. Yeah. So there's that. Um, so the other free agent, I I mentioned there were three on this list of the top 50 where they claim ESPN.com says best team fit Houston Texans. The two defensive players we just went through Marcus Davenport of the Saints Arden Key of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number 21 on this list is Jacoby Myers, wide receiver, New England Patriots. Here's what they say. The Texans will be in position to draft a rookie quarterback with the number two pick this spring, and Myers is a fit here as a nuanced route runner with a six-foot-two frame and strong hands to work the middle of the field. 
Last season in New England, Myers caught 47 of his 67 targets on throws inside the numbers. He's an intermediate option with outside flex, and he can stretch defenses on deep overs or crossers. That yeah. is one of the nerdier sentences you're going to read right there. And there's also a history here. Ooh. Houston GM Nick Casario spent 20 seasons with the Patriots before getting. He hung. did. Not sure if you heard. Yes. He- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. I never. I never thought that they might uh, figure out that link. Yeah. Between yeah. a Patriots Finally, player. Somebody and, yeah. said it. Yes. Somebody said it. Somebody's not afraid to say it. Nick right. Casario uh, came here from New England. That's right. Yes. That's right. What would you say? And again, no, the the one thing about this article is they don't put estimated contracts for any of these guys. Yeah. Like that's always would, the question. Yeah, you know what I would say? I would say uh, I had my fill of Kenny Stills the first time he came to Houston. Ooh, I don't Stills. need another. I'm, like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pay money for Kenny Stills to come here again. Jacoby Myers is nice enough, but we're not in the business of uh, of, of of bringing in nice wide receivers. They need to stock these dudes to the gills, and it's not a great year in free agency for uh, for wide receivers. It's not a great year in the draft unless you're looking for a slot. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans are really hoping to get Quentin Johnston with the 12th pick overall, the receiver out of TCU. So, um, you know, either, either him or Addison will likely be available there. And, and I think maybe the Texans just hold their water and wait until then. I do too. Yeah, you got, that's, it's a good point because you got to think about the sequencing of free agency in the draft. You yeah. know, the Texans have – the Texans are in a, in, in a luxury spot because they were so bad and because they traded Deshaun Watson, they, they have the luxury of being able to forecast with decent accuracy, uh, it's, especially with 2 and with 12, the second overall pick and the 12th overall pick, what yeah. they can or want to do with those things. And you got to keep in mind, we need a resolution to the Brandon Cook situation. He's a wide receiver. Nico Collins, this is a big year for Nico Collins because I think yeah. he's probably more labeled as injury prone than he is future star. John mm-hmm. Mechie comes back this year right, right. as well. Well, and Mechie is another part of it, too. It's that they've got a bunch of capable intermediate guys right now. Uh, if Cooks is there, then Cooks provides some stretching the field ability. But he was never like the pure X receiver that's going to do it on his own. So I, they need some speed and a guy that can actually stretch, genuinely stretch the field. And Jacoby Myers isn't that guy. John Mechie doesn't have that incredible speed, but if, if he does well in the NFL, he's going to be an intermediate type of guy. So I just think when you're, when you're trying to fill out a certain body type on the team right now, it's not worth spending money right there on yeah. a free agent. I would say find, you know, find some more speed either in the draft um, earlier or later and, or perhaps via trade later if the draft doesn't work out for you. Um, other interesting names. So, again, this, this particular shopping list of the top 50 free agents with the best team fits – they, ESPN.com, they've got three for the Texans as being the best fit. Doesn't mean they're going to sign there, but Marcus Davenport, Arden Key, two defensive ends, and Jacoby Myers, wide receiver from New England. The other interesting ones on this list to me, Seth, I mentioned Javon Hargrave, and I, I'm, I only find that interesting because I'm hoping that would be my splurge if I were the Texans, if they're going to go spend $20 million on a guy per year um, yeah. or whatever the number is for Javon Hargrave. I don't know what it'll be. Um, then, then that would be mine. They have him going to Seattle for what it's worth. Um, they got Derek Carr going to New Orleans. Going, going to New Orleans. He's sixth on the list. Um, I love that drop so much. Hit it again, Ben. I'm just pissed off. I'm just pissed. <laughs> uh, what's a, hey? What's a, wait a second with Derek Carr? 
So the Jets just in, they're in a holding pattern now, waiting to hear from Aaron Rodgers. Probably, yeah. If and when he comes back from yeah. his darkness retreat, None, is he on the darkness retreat right now? I don't, Do know? I don't know. And boy, I don't, I don't, I don't dare speculate about it, yeah. lest we be I a topic on McAfee this week. I yeah. don't want his Guatemalan goons coming after me. Right? Yeah, right. I don't, I don't need, I don't need Aaron, you know, down in his little kingpin empire that he has in Guatemala, sending his, uh, sending people after me to to set me right on what is meditation retreat schedule is nobody uh nobody involved in this whole love triangle of jets rogers Carr, whoever else seems to be in a particular hurry to get it resolved uh Carr, well, yeah, david carr said that it's going to take a while yeah really yeah. by this time Derek Carr's going to take all his recruiting trips so who do you feel better about be honest here yeah. never want everybody at home to be honest here okay when peyton manning was doing his grand tour as a free agent he was still very much weakened from his neck fusions yeah surgery. yeah yeah were you uh, would you feel more confident that Derek carr will have five more good years in the nfl right now uh than you were about peyton manning at the time uh oh for sure for sure really like you were pretty iffy on peyton manning i but, uh i was f- 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 i was Five years I would have been iffy on. That, I mean, that's yeah. what you're asking me. Five yeah. more years I would have been iffy on. No, I would have been, and I would have been cool with Peyton Manning coming here and giving it a shot. Um, but five, I mean, he ended up only playing four more years, Peyton Manning, you know? You know what I, uh, oh, yeah, that, okay, that's a good point. Yeah. But I, I wonder, like, remember Peyton was trying to get back in and play that season, the season before they, when he yeah, was Yeah, at the end of the year, they, yeah. But, like, he came out He came out in training camp the next year, and he still couldn't really throw the ball all that well at first. You know, eight months later, what the hell was he thinking I, trying you to know come what? back in December? I don't know, although Peyton Manning <laughs> strikes me as somebody who likes challenges. You know, he yeah, viewed it as, yeah. you know what, I've kind of I've kind of dominated this league already at full strength. Let's see if I can do it without any feeling in the tips of my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, remember early on, it didn't take him long, but he was kind of wobbling Absolutely. Him up, in the, up in the air at first. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, no car. I car to New Orleans is interesting. You know my feeling on Derek Carr. Like Derek Carr to me is he is the walking ticket to an NFC South championship. If any of those teams feel like they want to go win a division this year, I, I think yeah. Derek, I think the biggest issue you have with Derek Carr is that you know for a hundred percent certain that he's not going to be comfortable being a bridge quarterback. Where I think yes. that, I bet there are a lot of teams out there that look at Carr, maybe like a Kirk Cousins. Where all right, look. Yeah, he's nice enough, and boy, we could probably win some games with him, but if somebody else, somebody better comes along, or we end up with a, if Carr gets injured and we end up with a number one overall pick, then yeah, I want to take a young quarterback, or if we even want to take a quarterback in the mid-round, like a Jordan Love type or something, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, will Carr be cool about it? And uh, I don't think so. I think he would be off on a Guatemalan darkness retreat next year, (laughs) trying to figure out what his future is going to be. Just pissed off. He'd be pissed (laughs) off. I'm just pissed off. (laughs) I kind of want him to come here now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Um, some of the other interesting names on this list. Zach Allen is a defensive end in Arizona. And the reason he's interesting to me, he's 24th on this list. Matt Burke is the defensive coordinator here. He was the defensive line coach in Arizona. I do wonder how many free agents they end up bringing in, Seth, have some sort of one or two degrees of separation removed from somebody on the staff, whether it's Casario as the GM because he was in New England or D'Amico because he was in San Francisco, Yeah, you know, Matt Burke. So I think it's, it's you know, keeping an eye on some Arizona guys might not be a, a bad idea. No, that's um, I, I think that's that's very fair. Yeah. I, I think Matt Burke would actually be an asset if the Texans were trying to woo Aaron Rodgers, which, which I hope they're not, although he does know the system. But because uh, Matt Burke, world traveler, 
He's oh, like, you know, they get along famously. Like, Hiked with gorillas. Yeah. And, uh, McLean said that he hiked with silverback gorillas in Africa, and I don't, I don't think McLean, I don't think that's an accurate description of what probably happened. He makes it sound I mean, like they each have backpacks on and they're sharing <laughs> like energy bars and stuff, <laughs> like yeah. climbing up a hill. And somehow it's like the 1970s, and the the silverback gorilla is wearing like short right. shorts, like short denim shorts yeah. with one of those um, with uh, with like a. Uh, a headband and yes. everything. Yeah, they go, yeah. Like they get done hiking, then they're rock climbing together. Magilla, you got any of those peanut butter sandwiches down there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he hiked to go see some silverback gorillas. Yeah, yeah, that that makes more sense. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo to the Jets, uh, or the best fit would be the Jets. Odell Beckham Jr. best fit Dallas. Wholeheartedly, yeah, I agree. saw that. I don't know, man. Dallas is always right on the verge of that tipping point yeah. to where you get to uh, – the, there are too many kind of potential distractions on the team. And I feel like Odell Beckham Jr. might be that guy. Odell Beckham Jr. is made for my new plan for veteran players, which is just bide your time until November. And when a playoff caliber team wants to pay you a good chunk of money to go and play a couple months of football, then just go for it. Yes. Be a a citizen of the world ring chaser. The mercenary portal. Absolutely. sell sword. Yes. Yes. Uh, Judevian Clowney, 48th best free agent on this list. Best fit, Baltimore on a one-year deal. Clowney is a soldier of fortune, man. He's just one-year deals for the whole rest of his career, I think. I'm a lover, man. They did fire that defense. I mean, they... For those of you who didn't catch this, because it happened on a Friday or a Saturday, it was a news dump. It was a news dump, but not by choice. They they sent Clowney home from the Browns on a Friday with a couple weeks left in the season because he'd started publicly criticizing the defensive coordinator. It was a lot of it was a weird move by Clowney because honestly, like Clowney's gonna, I think he's gonna keep taking one year deals. They seemed to like him well enough in Cleveland, but he didn't like the fact that according to Clowney. They were only calling the plays to set Miles Garrett up for success, to which I would have replied, yes, that is correct. (laughs) He's a better football player than you, Genevion. What are you you thinking, man? You're here on a one-year deal. Like, yeah, that's Miles freaking Garrett. Of course that's what we're doing. You could have had another awesome one-year deal uh, this next year. If you just just wouldn't have told Mary Kay Cabot that you're upset, you're in your feelings. It was. It they was sent him weird. home. They sent him. They home. sent him home from school. Yep. He got out of school suspension. Every every sixteen year old's dream, but uh, but a would be free agent's nightmare. My favorite clowny moment. My favorite clowny moment was him before the season saying that he came back to Cleveland because on a one year deal because Deshaun Watson was going to be there. Yes. And I'm like, you do realize he's getting suspended for a huge huge chunk of this one year. That it's almost like Clowney hadn't been reading the news. Like he didn't know why. Deshaun didn't play at all last year, any of the legal you know that, stuff. Uh, that's funny. I remember I was talking to Archie Manning one year at a, a charity golf tournament, and he was talking about Eli, the difference between Eli and Peyton. And Eli had called him and said, hey, Dad, I'm, uh, I'm, going, to, I'm going to have lunch with Tagliabue next week. Um, is he retiring or something? It was the year Tagliabue was retiring his last year. It was a big deal. So, kids, Tagliabue was the commissioner before Goodell. Um, and it was kind of a big deal that Dude. he was retiring. There, hadn't, there, there aren't a lot of commissioners in the NFL. I <laughs> love Eli e- was completely oblivious. I love Eli so much more now that he's not playing football anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't know that my love for a player has drastically swung so much just based on the fact that I don't have to hear people 
defend like Eli as being a good quarterback when he's really not a, never been a good quarterback other than two postseason runs? Well, his best asset was that he had that like Robert Ori ability to just be unawed by the situation. Yes, you know, like it was. Now Ori had a different type of personality than Eli, um, but like b- both of them through different methods, just they weren't. The moment was never too big for them. Nope. So I think in a lot of moments when people would clench up or what have you, they just like, yeah, yeah I'm just slinging it. Here yep. we go. You know, um, like a a a, a three pointer and shoot around was the same to Robert Ori as a buzzer beater at the end of the game. And I amen. feel like passes for Eli Manning it was the same way. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you. John McClain joins us in a little over an hour. He's live in West Palm Beach. We'll be live in, in, West, Palm, uh, in uh, West Palm Beach next week. Brought to you by Shoppas. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun uh, next week uh, going to all those games. Keeping you guys up to speed on what's going on with the Astros. Speaking of which, MLB.com. They've revealed most of their top 100 players for the upcoming season. They reveal... They reveal 20 through 11 tonight and then 10 through 1 tomorrow. There is one Astro that is missing. I think we know who it is. Where does Jordan Alvarez wind up on the MLB Top 100 later this week? That is next.